On this week's episode of Two Views Movies, we're breaking down our favorite movies of the year in our 2019 Year in Review. Sponsored by the Buffalo Funds. Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies, a spoiler-filled podcast from Kansas City, Missouri, by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. Uh, A healthy Carson. Finally. (laughs) Just in time for the end of 2019. I know. We've had, what, three, four weeks of me just feeling absolutely miserable and sounding miserable, and I'm sure you still think I sound miserable, but I feel great. Oh, that's the most important thing, especially when we're doing a 2019 year in review, because we got to recap everything that we watched in 2019 in this episode. Everything. We're going to go through every movie we watched. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Piece by piece. Yep, breaking them all (laughs) down, minute by minute, scene by scene. (laughs) No, actually, I think what we're going to do, well, you know what, before we get started into this, we should probably kick it over to our sponsor one last time, the Buffalo Funds. This episode is sponsored by the Buffalo Funds, a family of mutual funds based here in Kansas City. When the stock market goes down, it may be a great time to contribute to your individual retirement account or IRA. Don't wait until the end of the year. To get your free IRA investing report, go to buffalofunds.com backslash podcast. You can open up an account online directly with the Buffalo Funds and choose from their mix of U.S., international, dividend, or income funds. That's buffalofunds.com backslash podcast. The fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses must be considered carefully before investing. The summary and statutory prospectuses contain this and other important information about the investment company may be attained by calling 800-492-8332 or visiting buffalofunds.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual fund investing involves risk, principal loss as possible. The Buffalo Funds are distributed by Quasar Distributors, LLC. Thank you, Buffalo Funds, for, for sponsoring uh, a, lot of, a lot of 2019 in this episode. So, tip of the hat to you. Absolutely. We definitely appreciate it. If you're interested in sponsoring Two Views in 2020, definitely reach out to us on social media or you can email us at twoviewsmovies at gmail.com and we can talk to you about what options are available for 2020. Having said that, let's talk 2019. I think the best place for us to start because you've made an effort in the last several episodes to make us go positive in the beginning and I don't know how I feel about that. So I'm going to flip it around. I think we start with some negative things about 2019. (laughs) So we're going to start 2020 with off of the negative. (laughs) That's right. We're going to end 2019 on a negative and we're going to start 2020 on a negative. So what I'm curious for, here's what we're going to do this episode, just so everybody knows. We're going to run through a couple of quick things like our least favorite, most disappointing, and then we'll get into our top five of the year and kind of explain what each of our top five was, why we liked it. And that will be basically our recap of everything that we saw in 2019 in terms of our favorites and our dislikes. So let's go with, I think I want to go with least favorite. What was, so basically what was the worst movie that you saw this year? So, okay. So I don't think if anybody listens to this pod on the regular, they will, uh, they'll be disappointed in my choice here. Um, Cause I've been pretty vocal on uh, my least favorite movie of the year. And that is X-Men Dark Phoenix. (laughs) And a lot of that has to do with 
my love for X-Men and just the the crap fest that they put all over that movie. It has nothing to do with the rest of the series. It it kind of ruins everything chronologically. It kills off characters and just there's no there's nothing. Like I can't I can't talk bad enough about this movie. And does it that, does it ruin the franchise for you in hindsight for a lot? Truly, I don't even add it to the franchise. <laughs> you just lop no, it off, no, like in my mind. Now, now, I, I truly, over the course of the X Men franchise, I've been pretty disappointed. Um, the X Men, near and dear to my heart, growing up, uh, those are all my favorite characters in Marvel, and I'm very excited for the MCU to to bring them about in a different way. But again, my expectation level is, is very high, so it didn't have a good start because it was never probably going to meet my expectations mm-hmm. but uh movie after movie it i just question all the choices like why why are you like this you know <laughs> right and, and 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 why are you choosing to focus on these characters and then you do them so poorly i i beast you know I, i've ranted on beast many times of just be beast why do you have this formula that you can unbe beast that's the total that's that's a part of his character of he's dealing with being a big blue beast. You know, he wants to be normal. That's part of his struggle. But if you could just inject this thing and he can be normal because Nicholas Holt doesn't want to be dressed up in blue makeup the entire movie. <laughs> you think that was the driver for it? Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, why else would you do that? Don't know. I, I'm not as locked into X-Men lore as you are, so I don't know if there's a reason why you want to give him that flexibility, but I know your disdain for this movie was was quite high. I mean, you saw it in uh, what the, the third X-Men movie that came in, which I'm blanking. Last Stand. Help me here. Last Stand, where uh, Kelsey Grammer, you know, he's Beast, and he reaches for the kid that has the cure in it, and it shows his hand as normal. And you can see, just in that one scene, the torment inside of this is really cool i could finally be human but also the i wouldn't be a mutant anymore and and that's not me you know that struggle inside in just one scene with kelsey Grammer, and then they just totally crap on that the entire you know <laughs> second second round nicholas holt yeah and so it's it's just like that that's the character at at its core of having to deal with all that and and that's just one character out of many that i have major issues with um not to mention Mystique, but Dark Phoenix was just garbage. Just a garbage movie. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't disagree with you. It, it's very, very low on my list. I, I have to think, though, is it? it's not the lowest rated movie that you had, um, right? I mean, it's just, it just grates on you. It it was the worst experience I had in a movie. In 2019. Okay, just, that's fair. In 2019. Okay, I like how you're is looking it? at that. I'm I'm stewing. I'm sitting in this in the theater just stewing. <laughs> like, why? Who is this villain? What are they doing? Why are they doing this? Why is she talking like a robot? How right. stereotypical is this? You know, it's like, <laughs> I, what? Night Nightcrawler decides to just all of a sudden murder people? That's not Nightcrawler. You know, it, none of, none of it fit. And I truly want to watch it again just to see if I hate it as bad as I do. But <laughs> it it definitely be a hate watch. But none of it. None of it makes sense to me, and it it angers me. Yeah, 
So, oh, well, so that, that's 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 all the reasons why it came into the worst movie of the year. Okay. Well, and I'm just going to go ahead and plug it, but it was our episode 96. If you want more of Carson's unfiltered Dark Phoenix thoughts, <laughs> that that is where you go to hear Carson rant about everything wrong with that movie in the X-Men franchise. And and the funny thing was, I saw that about a week before you did, and I had to sit there and stew by myself for a week of all the things that I hated <laughs> about that movie, and and my wife got the brunt of most of that. And then finally, I got to release on on the pod, but it was a uh, it, it was not a good week for for the Graf household. No, and it wasn't a good movie. I I have it quite low on my list. I gave it two stars. I, I think we were. I think you might have gone below me on that one. I'm not quite sure. You were you were visibly angry at that movie. Yes, uh, I believe, and I'm confirmed. Yep, I gave it a one and a half. Yep, I thought that was right. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, well, I'll be interested to compare this to the next question we have coming up, but I'll just say. The worst movie I saw this year, uh, I'm not even sure you saw this, but I, I watched The Silence on Netflix with Stanley Tucci. It basically is, I mean, if, if you start at A Quiet Place and then you go to Bird Box, you eventually end up down at The Silence. And it is a sci-fi level movie that I'm not sure how or why it saw the light of day other than Netflix just likes to spew out as much content as possible. But it was just terrible. I'm not even sure why or how I finished it. I, I don't think I had high expectations going into it, but it was really, really hard to finish and just laughably bad to the point that I, I guess once you've made it in your Netflix, I mean, why not release it and maybe get some, some streams off of the hype of, like I said, Bird Box and A Quiet Place, but just acting is terrible. Script is terrible. Effects are terrible. Um, just truly sci-fi channel level stuff that shouldn't have existed. So I don't really have much more to say. We didn't talk about this on a pod because it's a Netflix movie and it wasn't a big release, but it was easily the worst movie I saw this year. Okay. I'm going to throw you a curveball. Yep. Wor worst movie you saw in a theater. Oh, that would be Hellboy. <laughs> and, and I mean, this pains me, but <laughs> Hellboy no. and, and last blood were, were duking it out. Um, they're right there neck and neck with each other. But Hellboy takes the cake. That was just, a, that was a mess. Hellboy, I and see, I've never seen any of the originals, and I haven't read any of the comics, so I have no affiliation with it. I like, um, oh man, I'm forgetting his name, the sheriff from uh, Stranger Things. I Harbor. like him. Yeah, Harbor. I, I thought he looked great. I know you and I talked about that on the on the episode that we recorded on that, but it was just, it was wrong. All sorts of wrong. All over the place with its effects. Uh, the story had moments where it seemed okay, but it just w was really, really painful to get through. The most frustrating part of Hellboy for Harbor, I think, is watching it with that lens of liking him as an actor. And you can tell he's really thinking he's in a movie. That's yeah. good. <laughs> and then before they put in all these effects around him. So he's like, fighting and running and talking onto a green screen. And so you know that he thinks he's in a real movie and then all the crap that they put around him, you know, he got it. He had to see that and say, what the hell? Yeah. That intended. Yeah. Cause that's one of those that, you know, you can't really tell how that's going to turn out. Like you said, I mean, if you're an actor, you're just doing your best in front of a green screen. And then the first time you see those effects, you're just like, uh, what? And I mean, what can you do at that point? Because he walked on screen, he I don't know how much they did to to him as he, I don't know what he walked on to to camera as, but he looked good. Yeah, he looked 
he looked awesome and he was a much better hellboy than ron perlman um, <laughs> your but, boy ron but, perlman. Uh, yeah but unfortunately those movies were better i mean it's a lower quality i think of effects well no i can't say that i can't it was a lower quality era of effects sure um but this this was so so bad <laughs> so bad it's and, funny that the the two things that you and I are honing in on so far, I mean, I'll exclude the silence, and we're talking theater movies, are, are comic book movies, right? Yeah, yeah. Trying to, trying to strike when the, the iron's hot in the comic book world and failed miserably. Yep. So, I'm going to plug this one again. You want our unfiltered thoughts on Hellboy. You can go to episode 88 of Two Views Movies. <laughs> um, but what I thought was going to be interesting was, I, I feel like... I'm interested to know the, the answer to this question because while we just picked like worst or least favorite, the other category that we have negative to start out this podcast is the most disappointing movie of the year. And I feel like Dark Phoenix could be in there for you, but I think you have to take disappointing in terms of its expectations. I don't think you had overly high expectations for Dark Phoenix. Am I wrong on that? I did not have overly high expectations. Okay. Uh, coming off what they did to Apocalypse... Um, it was lowered immensely of let's just end this franchise and get it over to Marvel. Like that's where my mindset was. Mm -hmm. So I, I wasn't hyped. I was cautiously optimistic, but I wasn't thinking that it was going to be best movie of the year. Right. So, and that, that's, that's where I was. That's why it did not land in my most disappointing movie category. Okay. So what did? So you, you had a, a contender. Uh, you just mentioned was was Last Blood. Uh huh. Um, I I was really hyped to see uh, the new Rambo movie based on the last one that we got, and that was not a Rambo movie, and so that was very disappointing. But I uh, I didn't think it was going to be a, a five star movie by any stretch of the imagination, so that's why that also did not get that was a, an honorable mention. Mm -hmm. But I went with one that I I truly thought was going to be the best movie of the year and arguably the best horror movie I've ever seen. And that's based on the trailer, and that was Us. Oh, wow. And the trailer is, pro is probably the best trailer, not only that I've seen this year, but arguably ever. And I don't know what other trailers could contend to get me, to make me feel the way that I felt about a movie, and then not capitalize on that. Sure. So when I, when I was looking through my list of, like, Us had such a great trailer a great premise and the first half of the movie i'm all in i don't even know if it got half first third of the movie i'm all in and then it went it went weird and it didn't have to go weird and it uh it, it truly was a letdown of how that movie ended and it had something special there like just so close to being amazing um yeah, so I won't disagree with you there in the sense that I didn't think it was perfect and I had very high expectations, but I I still really, really liked Us. It's still in my top 10 of the year. I thought it was a very solid movie. While I think it could have benefited from some different approaches to what it took to the story in the end, um, and, and yeah, I mean, I can see where you're coming from. I probably had a slight disappointment, meaning... I mean, if five stars is perfect and I gave it four, I mean, obviously if I had five star expectations, that's coming in a little bit, you know, one star under, but, uh, what, what did you give us? I can't remember. 
see. I gave it a. I gave it three stars. Ooh. Okay. Well, I mean, and that, I don't know how much of that was the trailer. Okay. I mean, that, that's valid though. I mean, most people are probably going to or the song. <laughs> yeah. I think most people might hear that when you say that that us was your most disappointing movie of the year and not really understand what you're saying, but I get it. If you had five star expectations, crazy hyped and you give it a three, it doesn't mean it's a bad movie. It means it's still a good movie. It's just, that's a two star gap in expectations. If you're measuring that out and I can, I can see where you're coming from there. And, and I, I felt after watching the trailer that not only was it going to be a five star horror movie that I thought it, it, it could have been like the best horror movie that, we've ever seen like that like that's where my mindset yeah. was coming into this movie of oh my god this is gonna be something freaking awesome and i love everything that they've done so far in the trailer and so like i, I was all in i was all in <laughs> and and that that's my fault that I, I can't fault us i guess i could fault trailer guy because he did his job too well does it so make you that, not want to watch trailers no because that was so good I know. I just that I go. Was, it was so good, but it did it did affect my expectations. Sure. So, which is not. I mean, that's what trailers are intended. That's the to point, do. right? Yeah. yeah. I just I've gone back and forth, especially with how many movies we've seen in theaters the last two years. It previews in the movie theaters have become unbearable to me, like truly, truly unbearable. And I and I'm going to pick on B and B here for a little bit, but they they tend to play the same trailers <laughs> before every movies, and then sometimes they run commercials for themselves, and it it's just become very very painful for me to sit there for the first 20 and it used to be something that I, I love to see right like oh the trailers are here but I think with how ubiquitous they are online and you I, I just don't it, it pains me I, I've gotten to the point where when we saw Star Wars the second time I showed up in the theater like 20 or 25 minutes later because I just couldn't take it anymore and I've, I've become phone guy in the theater because I just stay on my phone for the first 20 or 25 minutes because I just don't even want to look or hear them really well, I will say the last time I went to a B and B theater, they had four promos for themselves. Yep, four. Because like you didn't know you were at a B and B, did you? Right, right, exactly. And then you know the green screen has its own promo, and then all the other you know activities they have has their own promo, and then yep. they have a promo, and then the history of B and B is like, oh my god! And then like we had four of these commercials before we even got to the trailers. Yep, and it's like this is. This is unbearable. <laughs> and, uh, it is. Like, just stop it. Just do one. Pick one. Rotate them through. You know, if you want to tell all these stories, that's fine. But rotate them differently in different theaters. Don't put them all in the same, you know, front load. But yeah. I well, will say. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, my, my only point with that is that, like, for the last year or two, I, I've contemplated, like, just, just killing all trailers. Like, I just won't watch any more trailers ever. If I want to see a movie, I'll see a movie. And I'll do my best to avoid all trailers. And, and I, I haven't committed to that yet i've been doing very well of turning trailers off once they've hooked me mm -hmm. because i don't want to have the rest of the movie ruined because i feel like a lot of these lesser budgeted movies feel like they have to tell the entire story to get you there right and once you kind of hook me and that's trailer guys issue is don't reveal the entire movie like i don't want to see uh Oh, a clip from the beginning, a clip from the middle, a clip from the, you know, middle, middle end, and then the end, mm -hmm. you know, because then now I'm waiting. For, I can kind of put together the entire story in my brain already. Um, that's why something like a, a Star is Born, where they front loaded the trailer, and then the rest of the movie was, you know, totally foreign to us. Right. Yeah. You no, know, that was, that's how you should do it. All trailers should be like the first, 
you know, quarter of a movie, you know, and then maybe some action montage of things thrown together at the end that you can't tell what's going on. Right. But, but I will say that when these press screenings that jump right in and don't give you a trailer at all, like all of a sudden lights are off movie starting. That's been a transition for me of we're movie time right now. Like all of a sudden you're in the movie. Right. And it's like, I'm not, I wasn't quite ready for that. I needed to ease my way into it. So I don't know if I was conditioned that way or it was, it was just bam, you know, you're, you're in, you're, you're, you're started. Star Wars has started. <laughs> yeah. Cause I didn't have that, uh, that, that eased me into it. So I do like it from that standpoint of, okay, we're at the movies, but I don't need six trailers, you know, before the movie. Right. Especially so, ones that have been already been released. Uh, sure. Like, that's oh, that's weird. painful. Um, I didn't go see it for a reason. I don't need the trailer <laughs> to go see it now. Right. So did you say that you've rewatched us or not? I have not. I, I own it. I bought it. Okay. So I didn't hate it. I mean, still a good movie. Yeah. And I don't want to get the impression that it's not a good movie. It was just my most disappointing movie. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I, uh, I haven't rewatched it either. It was episode 85 for us way back in March. I definitely want to rewatch it. I just haven't quite pulled the trigger on it yet. Uh for no real reason other than probably just I, I just haven't. No good reason. But yeah, I wanted to I wanted to give it some time. Um I have a quiet place over there also that is sitting there waiting for me to watch, but it's kind of you gotta be in the be in the mood for a scary movie. Yeah. No, totally agree with that. Um but your logic for this is pretty much on par with mine. And we talked about this recently because I, I gave this movie that was my most disappointing of the year uh, on one of our recent episodes. So it's a, it's a movie we've seen recently, but I had the same exact logic as you where it's not a bad movie. It's more of just my expectations were much, much higher than what I thought um, the final product ended up being. And mine is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Um, still gave that a three and a half. Thought you were going different, but I'll let you continue well, here. Uh, okay, I, I'll be interested to know what your thought was. But I, I proclaim this: I gave it the award, my most disappointing movie of the year, and I, I remembered that and kind of jotted that down that I needed to keep that for this. And, and I truly believe that to be the case. I think I gave it a three and a half just because I think if you go back and listen to our podcast, I gave it a a Mister Rogers bump. Um, so really, I probably could have been convinced to give this a three. It was definitely no higher than a three and a half. But to your point with us, I rolled into that with five star expectations. Um, you know, you and I have raved about the documentary "Won't You Be My Neighbor" that came out last year, or I shouldn't say last year at this point in in twenty eighteen. And I thought Tom Hanks, I thought Mister Rogers. This is going to be you know gut wrenching. This is going to be really great. I'm going to have the same emotions as last time. And it just kind of fizzled for me. And for something that I went into thinking would probably be a surefire Oscar contender for best picture for best actor uh, really didn't do a whole lot for me. And I was just, I kind of walked away exactly like you did with us. Good movie. Just kind of disappointed based off of where I thought it would be. Well, another one that, that you mentioned that fits that bill is once upon a time in, uh, in Hollywood. That, that wouldn't be the case for me for you. You're saying, well, I mean, you come at, you say Brad Pitt, Tarantino, and uh, Leo and Margot Robbie and you know it's okay best movie of all time. You know, <laughs> yeah, Possibly, you, sure. you, you, you just set set that up, and it was it was woefully disappointing. I mean, there's there's cool parts, but even even after watching the trailer, it was pretty. Uh, like I was I was so you got Brad Pitt's his, his stunt double, 
you know, that can fight Bruce Lee. And I'm like, okay, right. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm in, you know, all these things I'm in. And it, it was very, very disappointing for me, but, but going back to, uh, that's where I thought you were, you were hinting at because you were, you were all over it. I guess you still liked that movie yeah. a lot more than I did. So I right. guess you were, you were up there. But yeah, you, you mentioned <laughs> Tom Hanks, Mr. Rogers. You know, you you're right there at uh, at especially after watching. Yeah, uh, now mixing them up. Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you be my I neighbor? Know. I can't keep yeah. them straight. Um, you know, we we are all ready for a, a Mr. Rogers, and who who better to play him than Tom Hanks? And it, yeah, it was disappointing. Yeah, I mean, it you didn't just, give you the feels. Yeah, you just say like okay, we're making a Mr. Rogers movie featuring Tom Hanks, and everybody's immediately going to think, okay, well, we'll just go ahead and put that one on our Oscars list. Just, you know, pencil it in. But I, th- yeah, I think be- you have Best to- actor, <laughs> yeah, Tom Hanks. Exactly. But I think you have to erase it because it was just, it was just average. Yeah. Uh, there's no, I mean, they haven't done any of the nominations, right? It hasn't gotten anything. Um, I, I don't Golden think. Globes are out, but I don't remember if it got anything. I mean, and we talked about this in our episode on it, but Tom Hanks is not even, I don't think, going to get proposed as best actor. He he was not well, the leading actor in that. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, he was supporting. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, I don't think he deserves it in that right. either. Agreed. Uh, he'd, he'd be getting a, a Tom Hanks bump because you're Tom Hanks. <laughs> exactly. Tom Hanks made a movie this year. Okay, he's he's on the list. Yeah, you got to get him on there. Um, okay, <laughs> Just give him Toy Story instead. <laughs> so we talked. Let's see. We talked uh, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. That's episode 120. If you want to hear more about that one, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is episode 105. So if you, you wanna... are on it with these uh, these podcast drops, yeah, I know. I figured if we're gonna do a best of, and people want to hear more about you know what we thought and because some people can't see movies of the clip we do they have to wait till they come out on dvd or digital or whatever so this might be a good episode that if they're like hey i'm not too worried about spoilers at this point or whatever or maybe i finally watched them then you can go back and check out old episodes that's what i like about you always prepared (laughs) sometimes (laughs) sometimes always 60 percent of the time (laughs) yeah he's always prepared exactly (laughs) all right so that gets us through kind of our worst movie our most disappointing I think now is the time to switch it up. We'll go positive, right? So I think yep. what we should do is tear through our top five. Oh, wait. Yeah, I, I don't want to do top well, five before biggest surprise. Yeah, I think it feels right to do top five before most surprising. Because if you say most surprising, then and that that's in your top five, then I think that that's weird. I'd rather, I think, do a top five and then we can do most surprising and then we can wrap up with uh, the performances, I guess, that stood out to us individually. Does that sound good? Okay, we can do that. All right. So top five, we'll we'll just alternate back and forth. Um, I'm sure you and I sometimes have honorable mentions, or maybe it'd be good to say like the, the couple that just missed out on the top five. Um, but I'll let you start. Let's let's do your top five. You can start, but if you want to give some honorable mentions, or maybe like the just missed the cut. So I waffled a lot on how I was doing my top five this year. Of it was it best movie or was it favorite movie? Um, and I did a bit of both. Okay. So there was no clear direction on which way that I went. So if you're trying to discern, well, the Carson just loved this movie, high rewatchability, or was it just the best made movie? You're going to be in for a chore. Cause, bit of both. Because I don't know. So there's a bit of both. Um, missed the cut. Um, and I didn't know where to put this, but 1917, oh, I, I guess technically is not released yet, but I saw it in... Like, I guess it was released in some parts of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to see a screening 
you know, months ago. <laughs> no um, I, don't, I don't, I don't know why they they did that. I don't know why they keep pushing it back. But they've had like three press screenings so far. I don't know if they're changing the movie. I almost want to see it again just to see if they've added stuff or removed stuff. But that missed the cut one because I didn't know to put that to next year or sure um, or not. But good movie. Um, yeah, I'll I'll just leave that with my my missed the cut. Okay. What about you? What missed missed your cut? Um, so what just missed my cut would be um, I'll, I'll have a bunch here just to kind of give some people some perspective. But first one out was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, next one, I- next one out was Us, and then um, the next two out after that, I, I just kind of tightly grouped together. It's Endgame and Star Wars. It, it's it's tough because. I think those are both kind of similar movies, obviously, just given the nature of what they are. Um, the end of a franchise. Yeah, yeah. And and I think I have Endgame above Star Wars because I think Endgame did its job better. Um, but yeah, th- those were kind of my my first four out, if you will, out of my out of my top five. Well, uh Spider Man Far Far From Home or Far From Home. Now I'm mixing things. <laughs> uh now I'm mixing the Star Wars universe. But the uh Far just missed missed my mark as well gotcha uh, i really enjoyed that movie um but it it didn't didn't make top five okay all right then what is your number five i think i'm gonna hit you the surprise here okay and i don't know that you've seen it yet okay i think i told you to see it but i don't think you've watched it yet mm. and i went with six underground ah uh, no i have not seen that and i don't know how much of it was it being a netflix movie and me expecting it to be net clicks quality mm-hmm. and i mean they dropped what 200 million dollars on it <laughs> did they really <laughs> so, oh or so, something like that something stupid um but i was thoroughly entertained uh, i don't know if i was impressed but i was very entertained and i liked the direction they took a lot of the people and uh with ryan reynolds was not quite ryan reynolds he had a different role but you can see flashes of him being ryan reynolds so don't don't think you're getting full on Deadpool here. I think that's good. But, I think he needs to do that. Yeah, I mean, I think if I think Garrett watching will say, "Well, no, he's still Ryan Reynolds, but he's definitely not. <laughs> he's definitely not you no know, full on Deadpool." Sure. Um, and so he's, uh, I mean, still still snarky, still um, got a little bit of smart ass to him. Uh, but it's uh, he's not that guy in this movie. Gotcha. But but it's just a sh- shoot him up, big action. Uh, lots of cool visuals, lots of cool scenes. It's Michael Bay, so things are going to explode. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I, and I was I was impressed with Michael Bay because I haven't been at all with him. You know, so expectations. I think this has a lot to do with expectations versus reality. Um, and so I, I was coming in pretty low, but uh, as I was doing my ranking list, I was like, you know, I just enjoyed that movie more than this one. And then I just enjoyed that movie more than this one. And so I kept moving up my list. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact that we didn't do a pod about it is ha- probably has something to do with why I wanted to mention it on here now. Oh, and so it, uh, it was just one of those, one of those movies. I'm anxious to hear how, how you see it, uh, once you see it, but it was, uh, uh, it had me, it hooked me and, uh, it, it kept my attention throughout. And there's a lot of actors that I hope to see later on um, that were that were brought into this movie. So I'd like to see more of them. 
Nice. Yeah, I, I've been, I've heard very very mixed reactions to Six Underground. I've heard people say it's terrible, it's unwatchable, it's peak Michael Bay, and I've heard people say that they loved it for exactly those reasons. So I don't know. Typical me, I think I'll probably fall somewhere in the middle. I mean, you'll you'll see it. And you're like, well, that's just a bunch of explosions and people dying, and that that is what it is. Yeah. I mean, yes. But also, so is John Wick, you know? And so am I saying there's a, the cool enough scenes like Halle Berry and John Wick? No. Um, but there's some pretty cool, pretty cool things that go on. And, and I was like, yeah, I, like, I haven't seen that before. And that always, that always gets a bump opposed to not just stereotypical garbage. Sure. I get it. So you're going to be right at three stars. <laughs> that, that's about <laughs> what I was thinking. Maybe, maybe two and a half. No, I think I think it's enough to to get you over the average mark. Okay, over the average action movie, and that's it. Uh, it creeped into my top five. All right, at number five. Yeah, at number five. Okay. Well, my number five. I'm not sure you've seen this, or maybe you did. Um, it, it just edged out once upon a time in Hollywood. I I could probably flip these two around, but I've seen this movie twice. I thoroughly enjoyed it the first time. Thought it held up great the second time. And I think it's got one of the best performances of the year as well. It is Rocket Man. I did not see Rocket Man. Yep. I didn't think you had seen that one yet, but I just really like it. I mean, I think obviously it helps a lot to like Elton John music. Um, I, I don't think it's entirely necessary, but it is more of like a fantasy musical type thing. So if you, I will say if you don't like Elton John, I, I don't think you will enjoy the movie because it's just, it's just constant with what it does uh, and how it presents his music. So um, still, I mean, I think I saw it probably around um, May-ish, I think is when it came out. And I thought Taron Edgerton had one of the better performances of the year at that time. And it still did that. Um, I liked it much better than Bohemian Rhapsody, which I thought was a very vanilla movie. And I've seen bits and pieces of that on TV over the course of the year. And it's just kind of re... um, I guess reinforce what I felt about Bohemian Rhapsody when I saw it the first time. It just feels kind of, I don't know, vanilla and plain and hokey and forced at times. I feel like Rocket Man's very, very original, different um, approaches, but they're obviously going to get compared to each other constantly. And uh, it's just something I could turn on right now and watch 30 minutes of and be perfectly good with. I thought I tackled the source material great. Enjoyed the music, loved the acting. So my number five of the year. See, and I think that... Uh... It, it kind of got hurt by Bohemian Rhapsody of, oh, here's another one. Yep. And uh, I think that's still in my mindset of, uh, not, but I I really liked Bohemian Rhapsody, you know. Uh, and so you would think that I'd be, hey, let's let's watch another one, mm-hmm. you know, type of thing. But it was more of a, eh, that's not going to be as good and just never got to it, even though you've been telling me to see it since May. Yeah. I highly recommend it to everybody. Um I don't know that I've seen too many people say that they thought it was a bad movie. I mean, I think people come down maybe somewhere like average two and a half or three, but I haven't seen people come through and say like, Oh God, it's, you know, completely awful. It's in the, in the two star range. I I don't think, I don't think that's the case. I don't think the majority of people will think that's the case either. So definitely one of my favorites of the year. But I do think you're dead on. It's more of a, how you feel about Elton John and his music. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I like Elton John. Mm-hmm. I can't say that he's one of my favorite, you know, I mean, yeah. there's certain songs that I like, but I can't say that there's a huge catalog of, of music. I was, I'd be going in to see 
you know, the genesis of or him singing the movie or whatnot different than what you get with Queen. Yeah. And I think you have to somewhat be okay with musicals because it definitely skews way more musical than Bohemian does. Bohemian just uses the music as a storytelling mechanism and, and kind of intersplices it. This Rocket Man, on the other hand, is very much more in the thread of a musical. Good to know. Yep. Good to know. All right, so number four. Yep. What do you got for number four? Oh, you let me go. Okay, so yeah, number I'm, four. I'm we're bounce back and forth like this. Yeah, number four. Something that you also have not seen that has been making the rounds lately. Um, I know it's up for probably a lot of best pictures, best director, probably going to win best foreign film, hands down. But it is Parasite, which is directed by Bong Joon-hoon, which he did the host, which I'm not sure you saw... I did not. Uh, but you did see Snowpiercer, I believe. Yes. And actually, I think it's Captain Bong America. I don't know why I said Bong Joon-ho, but it's Bong Joon-ho. Um, but yes, Snowpiercer does have Captain America. I never saw Okja, or Okja, I can't remember how you pronounce that, but I know it, it got a lot of good ratings and reviews. But anyways, um, yeah, Parasite. It's one of those that I think you know, because I made you watch some foreign films in the past that have been um divisive i would say out of the stuff i've made you watch like uh old boy or even handmaiden there's some similarities there with the deliberate filmmaking style that's used and the way it's shot and edited this is very much more a digestible story than than either of those two but it's it's very very good like the more I thought about it, the more it's just insanely well made. And the story, while probably not earth shattering, is still very intriguing and interesting. The performances are all great. I wish I could say more about the movie without giving too much away. But I will say that people that maybe shy away from foreign movies because, I don't know, they they just think they might approach things differently or have a different spin on things... I think this is a very good movie that crosses cultures very easily. You can understand where things are coming from. You don't have to, um, you know, be fully knowledgeable about this other culture. It, it's something that could easily have been done in an American version. It just so happens to be that it was done by a Korean director. So um, I think it's going to win awards. Like I said, definitely best foreign film. I think it's highly possible that it wins best picture and best director so i would recommend everybody see it i don't think there's anything that would turn anybody off from it i just think it's a really good movie there is a lot of a lot of buzz and a lot of people gushing um all year about paris i don't know when it was released but i feel like i keep seeing it uh hey you have to go see this movie you know from from everybody on on twitter facebook whatnot yeah i think it kind of cleaned up at the festivals i think it might have won con actually um and so i think it's been making the buzz has been making the rounds and it's been slowly getting released and stuff and um, has had limited screenings around here but yeah i mean it's it's one of those that i definitely liked it as a movie and like from the plot and everything i thought it was very solid very good uh, probably great but not like i was blown away or anything but when you combine that with how well it was made and like there's no bad shots in the entire movie and the way it's edited and strung together is done so coherently it's just a very very well made movie but i also think it's open enough that everybody can watch it it's not one of those like okay i watched the lighthouse recently which is an a24 movie black and white willem dafoe and and robert pattinson that's one of those that's like so artsy that i wouldn't 
I could never in good conscience recommend that to just random people. I'd have to kind of know that they like that movie more. I think Parasite's different. I think everybody can enjoy Parasite. It's like I said, it, it's not anything that you need to be a you know crazy film student or like artsy films or anything like that. It's just a good solid movie that just happens to be Korean. Yeah. And I think people gushing over it as much as they have has kept me from watching it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to temper expectations you know, and, and me coming into it, it's not as good as you say you're going to do. Sure. You know, I want to give it a fair shot, but people keep, uh, people keep saying best movie of the year. Um, I don't say it's best movie of the year. I, I could definitely see why people would say that. And I definitely think it's one of the best made movies of the year. In fact, like if I was just kind of putting it down to technical stuff, and again, this is coming from a guy who has never taken a film class and I don't know how to make a movie, but from what I can see is how like you would construct a movie and, and the shots and the way the story's put together. It's probably the best made movie of the year. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So that was my number four parasite. Go see it. Well, I went, uh, on my number four on more of a better made movie than the rest of my list Okay. of more of a, um, what one would consider more of an Oscar worthy movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went uh, with Ford V Ferrari. Oh, wow. That's way higher than what I thought you would have that as. Yeah. Uh, and again, as I was going through my, my list, it was, you know, that's, it's a good movie that I think has mass appeal that I think has pretty good rewatchability, even though I haven't seen it twice. Um, it's got a lot of the things that you would want to have in a quote best movie of the year. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't put it, I couldn't put it below six underground, you know, <laughs> sure, you know? And so a lot, a lot of these other, and, and truly going through the list, I'm like, there, there wasn't a lot of great movies this year, you know? And I was looking through, I just didn't feel like they, I know you went on a binge, uh, this, this past month or past couple of weeks and, and knocked out a whole bunch that I wish I had seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't seen those yet. Uh, but this, uh, but Ford versus Ferrari, uh, I thought it was, everybody acted very well. One of the, the best casted movies, um, that you just look at best cast movies of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody just was, was spot on. Um, I didn't know the story, so that was new to me. So I'm sure that helped. Uh, it was just, uh, it was well done. It was entertaining. And, uh, and yeah, so it slid in at number four. Yeah. I don't disagree with anything you said there. I, uh, I will say that I have that right after in game and star Wars in my rankings, but I have like sat there and those are the three movies that I've stared at because I'm like, okay. Um, I like in game and star Wars for very, very different reasons than what I would like Ford versus Ferrari. So like, struggling with that idea of criteria is different. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I wasn't blown away by Ford versus Ferrari, but it's, it's like you said, it's completely solid. Well cast. Everybody's going to like that movie. It's going to have mass appeal, all that stuff. But like, how do I compare those two? So there's been times where I've had Ford versus Ferrari above those two. And then, um, Ford versus Ferrari after those two, it's like this line of demarcation around my top 10 where I'm like, Oh, where would I actually put this? And I, I struggle with that. Yeah, and that's why the favorite versus uh, best, I think, are, are two different categories that are meshed into my top five. Yep. And uh, so you're like, wait, <laughs> he had he had this and then and then that, you know, like yeah, that's that's why I try to disclaimer because it's not it's not one or the other here. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. Ford versus Ferrari. I'm going to plug us again. Episode 119. Look at you. I know. Always on it. All right. All right. Do you want to roll right into your number, what, three? Yeah. Okay. I'll do number three. Um, number three, uh, it just, it wowed me. And um, I, I've seen it since. And it came down a little bit, but not by much. And it still stayed at, uh, which I think is still the best in the series. And I went with John Wick 3. Nice. Yeah, I have not watched it again, so I'm jealous. It uh, the, the scenes of the dogs is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Halle Berry and the, the dogs attacking people. Um, again, never seen anything like that in a movie before. Uh, there's a lot of really cool scenes with him, you know, throwing knives and whatnot. Um, really, just the, the first half of the movie, I think, is, is awesome. Uh, and it's uh, it. And that's what you want to have an action movie. You want something different, you know. I want. I don't want to see him just run through and, and shoot people. Uh, I want to see him. I want to see him kill people in different ways, which is kind of sadistic. <laughs> but but I, I want them to be creative, you know. That's and that's what you have to do in an action movie to get into the top five. You got to got to be unique. Yeah. Yep. And, it, and I think it's it's all the more impressive when the third movie in a series can make it feel like something new. Right, and and the world building and everything that they're they're expanding upon, um, it's just it's thought out. I think it's uh, it's well done. Um, I like the coins, and you started getting into the coin master, and you know, and all that all that stuff. And you're like, okay, who are these people, and how high are we going? Um, there's a couple of things I, I would have changed about the head of the table type type scenario, but I, I like that there's a bigger world out there that that we're just scratching the surface of, and we're learning a little bit by bit, and it's not just dumped on you. Um, first movie of the series. Yep, I know. I think that's. I think there's a problem. You know, when you mentioned the third movie of a series, you know, it's it's trying to do something more than the big reveal at the beginning of the first one. Right. And John Wick, they they kept it small, and so they could keep going. Versus you go all out in one or even a lot of times you go out in two because you feel like you have to outdo one and then it leaves you nowhere to go in three. Yep. I I agree. I love John Wick 3. I I don't know why I haven't seen it again since. I I definitely need to to kind of shore up where it is in my rankings, but I would not dispute that being in anyone's top five. Yeah. So that's a straight uh, enjoyability you know, guilty pleasure, mind you, I guess, is that's where you want to put it? Yeah. Um, but it, it locked, locked in the, the top top three spot for me. Nice. Oh, and speaking of, I think John Wick 3 is episode 93, if you want to go check that out. 93. Yep. All right, so... You're number three. I'm doing this to you again. So my, my five, four, and three are all movies that you have not seen yet. I um, think I know what this one is. Uncut Gems. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We tried. Uh, we tried this weekend, but you know, football got in the way. <laughs> and, and go Chiefs. You know. So we're. Uh, we now know who we're fighting. Yeah. So this is going to be tricky for me to talk about too, because I I don't want to give anything away. Um, I will say that my expectations were low, despite everybody kind of ranting about it, mainly because it's an A24 movie and those are just very hit and miss, right? You have things like the lighthouse you have. Um, I think under the skin was a 24. I mean, a 24s makes some good movies and then they make some very artsy movies like the witch and stuff where it can leave people really divided. So I, I kind of went into it thinking, okay, it's getting a lot of good publicity, but 
maybe it's the the type of movie that just doesn't always resonate with me. But I watched it, and my wife watched it with me. She thought it was fine, just okay. I thought it was really good when I got done watching it, and then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, man, that, that was just that was more than really good. That was just that was very good, and maybe part of that was because varies more than maybe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it, it grew on me the more I thought about it. Um, it's one of those movies that just kind of builds upon itself, like, uh, like a snowball rolling down the side of a mountain and a cartoon just gets bigger and bigger and you don't quite know where it's going, but you just sometimes are like your mouth just kind of open. Like, why, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? And it just kind of all builds naturally. And I mean, obviously there's a little bit of, uh, I mean, Kevin Garnett is in it. That's no secret. Um, so there's a little bit of a sports influence here. Oh, well that was a secret to me. Oh, well it's in the trailers and stuff. Um, but Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler is very, very good in this movie. He's definitely not the Adam Sandler from, you know, all the movies that we've grown to know him in. And honestly, I've never Quit seen... looking at me, Swan. <laughs> yeah. I think it's stop looking at me, Swan. Um, I've never seen Punch Drunk Love, so I can't speak to his dramatic chops. I know he got a lot of praise for that back in the day but it was good okay i think he's going to get a lot of praise for this too i i would not be opposed to him getting an acting nomination i thought he was very very good he i wouldn't say he's overly dynamic in this movie but he's certainly not you know the adam sandler that we've come to know so again i, I can't speak too much to it because we both haven't seen it and i don't want to ruin it but i i thought it was a very very good movie that has grown on me the more i thought about it i like the subject matter i like the way it tells its story think it's competently shot competently acted just a good movie well the nfc plays today so maybe we'll sneak out and <laughs> and, and watch uncut gems i but, would, uh, I, would I, I do want to see it it's, it's uh, something we've been trying to go see for the last two weeks and just hasn't worked out schedule wise yeah but uh um that's top wow number three mm-hmm. number three in the year yeah okay exciting so it's Roll right into number two. Okay. Well, I do have to squeeze in an honorable mention here because we an don't... An honorable mention between three and two. Well, we don't count documentaries, but I saw Apollo 11 this year, and I absolutely loved it. It's all about the Apollo 11 mission, but it's all made from actual NASA footage. There's no narrators. There's no um, traditional documentary approach where you know we're interviewing people. It's just all straight footage and audio from the Apollo 11 mission, and I... I thought it was fantastic, but we don't count documentaries. Speaking of first man, mm-hmm. uh, we had an altometer question. Uh, yeah. Uh, that we did not know how that worked. Uh-huh. Um, I had a friend after listening to our pod inform me that uh, it's based on pressure. Gotcha. And that once it left the atmosphere, it shouldn't have still been working. Oh, okay. Well, but maybe, I don't know if NASA has different, different tools, but. That was the uh, that was the report that I got, and I don't know how to call him an expert in any way, shape, or form. But he seemed pretty confident when he gave me that answer. So he seemed to to know more than than I did on that. But in the how scene, an altimeter works, sure. But I think in the scene <laughs> in question, I'm not sure that he's fully out of the atmosphere. I thought that was the whole thing. Was he was he could skip he off out the of atmosphere? The, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was not, trying to get back in, or he was he was one of the first to leave, or sure. something like that. Yeah. Okay. That's probably true, but it, it worked for a dramatic effect, I think. It did, but <laughs> I don't know how. And it goes, well, that's just maybe movie magic. And it's like, well, I'd like to think that they put that in there for a reason. Yeah. But yeah. So, first, so maybe I don't know if that was in your, your documentary, but uh, 
they didn't show that no that one was because that wasn't part of the <laughs> apollo 11 mission that was the lead he, up, he so. didn't have a camera up there a gopro <laughs> no with him nope unfortunately oh, okay. not. but it is it actually it's crazy the amount of footage that they do have from space and stuff that's actual real footage like I, I couldn't quite believe how they got that or how they had it and it, it i don't know just a green really, screen really amazing documentary um so number two for me i actually don't really need to talk about too much because you just talked about it and that's john wick three Ah, I made the two spot. Yes. Now, it might move after I rewatch it. It's another one of those that, similar to A Quiet Place last year when we did rankings, I have not rewatched it. Um, part of me is like wondering how I'll like it the second time around. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe kind of similar to us, what we talked about. I'm, I'm not sure if I'll like my reaction the second time around. <laughs> maybe I'm a little scared because yeah. I want to keep it how it is. But uh, I have not watched it yet. But I need to, I need to remedy that. But as of right now, John Wick 3 is my second rated movie of 2019. And we've talked about this before of how much of rewatchability is well-made movie and how much is kind of surprise uh, or expectations, mm -hmm. you know, changed of, well, it, it really surprised me. So my expectations, you know, were, were lower or I know for you, they couldn't have been higher <laughs> sure. you know, and, and, and somehow it exceeded them, you know, in the, in the first viewing, but, Upon second view, you know what you're getting, and will that maintain? Right, and that's uh, the shock value. Like horror movies have the the biggest trouble with this is you know if they rely on jump scares, they're not going to get you as much the second time. Right, you know, and so it has to be a well made movie to sustain multiple rewatches. But this one, I think there's enough scenes in here that you can pick apart and uh, and just see. Oh, that was really cool the way they did that. Yeah that i don't think it it may come down a little bit but uh, i don't think it'll come down uh off uh, clearly it didn't come off my top five so <laughs> right so it was at, at one point the top movie of the year for me uh but it, it slid down a little bit but only to number three so holds up yeah so what's your number two then number two i went with joaquin phoenix in the joker <laughs> I figured that was going to be up there for you. Yeah, it uh, it's a combination of uh, entertaining and well made. Yep, uh, and so it just made sense that this would be high on my list. And so uh, I don't, I don't see how Joaquin couldn't be nominated for for this. Oh, for sure. Um, so it uh, it had a lot of it had a lot of buzz, obviously. Um, the way that I felt in the theater when watching it, and again, I haven't seen this twice, so I wonder if I'm going to feel the same sitting at home, but the angst and the suspense that I felt in the theater, I think matched what was on screen, uh, just because I didn't know what was going to happen in theater with all the buzz going around, to, you know, after the dark Knight rises and being very aware of who is in my theater with me, uh, it all uh, maybe amplified how I felt um, as he, as Arthur was going through his, uh, his stuff. Uh, so I'm curious to how, how I'll feel at home watching it again, but I was, I was very into it. I was very on the edge of my seat. Uh, it's very disturbing movie, um, but very good. Very good. Yeah. So you will not hear any, disagreement for me i think we gushed about this in episode 114 but it is my top movie of the year i thought 
top spot. Yeah. So, I mean, the performance was great. The writing was great. Um, I liked that it was DC finally feeling like they did something really, really right. Like they, they've done some things kind of right, like with Wonder Woman, but this one felt like for such a chance that they took and breaking it apart from, at least in theory as it stands right now, from everything else in the DC world, uh, it, it just felt like this was a recipe for a disaster that they were going to do something wrong here, but it amazingly turned out really, really well to the point where now everybody is like, well, wait, what, can't you get this into the, your DC universe now? Because it's so good. So in some ways DC still did mess up and we talked about that on our episode, but as a standalone movie with a truly epic performance from Joaquin, who's just as good as the Joker as he is as Arthur, um, you know, the hype around it couldn't have been higher. Um, like you said, the, the, theater ambiance was something unique because of all the the buzz going around it and the the worries and stuff but truly just well written it was the only five-star movie that i've had this entire year so far everything else just hasn't quite gotten there i've got some four and halves lingering around and stuff but i just walked out of that feeling like it was incredibly well made um haven't revisited it again i think i don't know why i'm getting myself into these corners where i'm scared to go watch movies again because i don't want my initial uh viewing of the movie to be tainted in any way but it's definitely one that i need to watch again and uh yeah my favorite movie of the year i think was the best movie of the year and i'm interested to see how it plays out in the awards um we we know that they don't typically like to give comic book movies you know the credit they deserve i mean heath got one for the joker but he also unfortunately passed Died. away so we don't know how much that played into a factor so we will find out soon enough but i loved it number one the joker it's funny you mentioned dc because we, we talked about this and maybe it was in justice league how they started with a leg up yep. um, making movies and doing new things and whatnot and that goes into the dark knight and uh, batman begins and that whole series and then since then, it was almost as if they were trying to copy mm-hmm. um, and trying to play catch up. And hey, you know, let's try to do the Marvel formula. And how do we beat them to Justice League when they're doing Avengers? And and this was and so Marvel was doing all the new things, and DC was trying to again just copy them. And so it's like you know what, let's let's step out. We're not going to do a, a an R rated Deadpool type movie mm-hmm. because again that'd be following the Marvel trend. We're going to go drama we're gonna go messed up freaking drama movie <laughs> right you know and, and who better to do that than the joker yep you know and so it it's a comic book movie but it's not a comic book movie Agreed. so if you go in thinking that you're looking for a batman movie that's it's not a batman movie and it's a it's about a guy a guy who's mentally disturbed and i think that's where uh it blurs the lines enough to the academy uh to where it's it's a movie about mental illness, not about a comic book villain. Yep. I agree with that. And so, and so I, again, I think DC needs to do that, uh, not copy the formula. And I mean, we're still going to get our Shazams and, and our kid movies. Cause that's what sells toys and keeps people hooked. But I think they need to have this, um, this other subsect of, of movies to where we're, we're getting real. I agree. So now, yeah, they're already talking about potentially a Joker too because of the success of it, and how do we, how do we fold that into to everything else? But it's like, well, that was you already made that in what the seventies, mm-hmm. 
Is that was that the, the time frame of I that think, one? Yeah, they never clearly stated, but I feel like it's late seventies, maybe slightly into early eighties. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, and so you're like, well, we kind of paint ourselves into a box here, but don't worry, DC will manage to screw it all up. <laughs> exactly, that's the underlying <laughs> fear with that movie. So, rolling rolling straight into to my number one, I had to give it to Endgame. I figured. Uh, I I can't. I've seen this movie maybe six times now. Holy god! And I know. Well, it keeps like it's on, uh, or I I and it's on because I start it. But <laughs> uh, but it's it's just one of those that, uh, or sometimes you know the niece and nephews they're they're watching it. And it's like, yep, I'm gonna watch this with you. Or uh, uh, actually, a, a friend of mine last night turned it on. He's like, I've seen this a lot, and I was like, yeah, I'll sit here and watch it again. You know, and each time, uh, at first it wasn't as high. Uh, I had Infinity War higher than Endgame, but I keep enjoying Endgame more and more the more I watch it. And the things that bother me still bother me. Um, did not like Bro Thor, mm-hmm. uh, staying in Bro Thor like that. That that irks me more and more the more I see it. Um, of it seemed like a, a gimmick and a joke that could have been a a one-off scene that he goes and gets himself right and comes back and we are the rest of the movie. Um, I don't, I don't think it, it fits, but then you have, and you also have the Hulk and the way they waste the Hulk. And that, that, that hurts me, but the rest of the movie is dead on, especially if you've seen all the rest of them. Um, Thanos is awesome. Captain's awesome. Iron Man's awesome. Everything that they do, uh, Captain Marvel's in, into the, into the group. You know, everything it does ties everybody together. It's 23 movies rolled into one capstone. Put a pin in it. Best movie of the year. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm i not surprised that Endgame was up there for you. I mean, it was in my top 10. And I think, you know, like we talked about in our episode 91, um, I think that it's it's really hard to separate this from like as its own movie because it's just truly not. It's it's basically not a standalone movie. It's a capstone, like you said. So it, and as a end to what Marvel was trying to do and what they've been working on. Yeah, I'm not sure you could have done it much better. Have I have little issues here and there, like you mentioned, too. But overall, it was enjoyable, I think it did it better than what rise of Skywalker did, which is why in my rankings, even though they're tightly coupled, I have in game slightly above it because I think it had the foresight to know what it wanted to do and executed. Whereas rise of Skywalker didn't. So definitely understand why you being the Marvel fan, you are um, have it as high on your list as you do. Um, I definitely enjoyed it too. I, I'm not sure I've seen it again. I maybe you've only seen it once just, and that's mainly out of runtime, not for fear of thinking differently about it, but maybe I saw it twice. I, I can't fully remember. Well, I mean, you mentioned, you know, Rise of Skywalker. It's it's night and day between those two franchises yep. of one that that had a plan. Uh, not saying they had a twenty three movie plan when they made Iron Man, but after Avengers, it was like, okay, we're going to go somewhere with this. We're going to do this in phases, but we're going to have a plan through the entire phase of what we're leading to, mm-hmm. and. Star Wars didn't right. clearly, yeah, you know, clearly didn't have a plan, and you have to give some. You don't have to, but I do. You, you got to give some kudos to, uh, to having a plan and, and seeing it through, and it, you can tell throughout the movies that they're all going in a similar direction, even all, with all different directors. It uh, it all just works. Yep, and and that's where Star Wars could have been 
epic uh, if they just sat down and thought it out. And it's it's mind boggling that these are both owned by the same company. You know and how how one could go so yeah. so astray uh, when you have the the plan right there in front of you. Right, which is why they moved Kevin Feige over from Marvel to Star Wars now, probably because they're like, hey, if you could pull off you know twenty some odd <clears throat> movies for Marvel, can you come pull off like three or four for us? And and really, all he would bring to the table is have a plan, right? Like that, like, like that's all he has to lay out is, like, hey, think this through a little bit. Yep. Like, don't just do the DC of we're just gonna do a side movie here and then a movie over here and then then try to tie it all together in this movie and then realize that continuity's blown and wait, no one's seen Wonder Woman since World War Two, but also in the eighties. Or World War One, and then they're gonna throw her in the eighties now. Like now, it all doesn't make sense, right? I agree. And so, and so that's kind of how Star Wars feels. Star Wars feels like DC to me. That's like, right now where there's 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 some great movies in there, but they don't mesh together well at all because there's also some really bad movies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I I think that's a good analogy. So that's our top five of 2019. I think what we wanted to do now is maybe pick. Which film, so we did our most disappointing, and I think it's only fitting that we come back with our most surprising. Yep. What did you have? Because I have, I have one that's probably pretty obvious after my top five, but then I had another one that was pretty close, So I'm, but I'm interested to hear where you're at. Well, I picked one out of my top five. Okay. Uh, most surprising, although Six Underground could have, could have given that this title. Mm-hmm. But I went for Ready or Not. Oh, that's my, uh, <laughs> that's the one I wasn't, you know, I, it's not in my top five, but I completely agree. That, uh, that movie, um, surprised me. You know, it was, uh, I did not have high expectations for that at all. Like, they're probably as low as they could probably be going into that movie. Right. And it's a horror movie where they're, they're hunting this lady, you know, and so you just kind of assume that. That's what you're getting, you know, mm-hmm. people hunting people. How many times have we seen this? And they just did it differently enough. They kept a bit of the horror, but it was more of a dark comedy. Yep. And then uh, and they, they add some other special flares to it. So if you haven't seen Ready or Not, I was very impressed. Um, I think I ended up giving it a three and a half, uh, but I'd, I'd love to see it again. But it was just one of those that I didn't know what I was getting. Uh, the trailer misled me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was... I was very impressed and I liked her. Um, and I can't think of her name off the top of my head, but she looks like Margot Robbie. <laughs> yeah. Everybody calls her, you know, poor man's Margot, but I think she's going to get a lot more opportunities, but she likes this horror space. I think she's done. And I should, now that I'm talking about her, I should look up her name, right? It's Samara weaving. There you go. And she's been in a lot of Hugo weaving. <laughs> I don't know. Any, any relation to Hugo? I don't Maybe. think so. Okay. Um, but she likes kind of the, this horror, horror space, um, whether that's by choice, but I, I feel like she's uh, um, kind of that, that cult darling uh, of the horror world. But uh, I'd love to see her in more stuff. And uh, I thought she did spot on. And yeah, I, it shocked me. I was impressed when I walked out. I'm like, well, that was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I just saw this recently as one of the ones I... I was playing catch up on um but i know you saw it in theaters and i think this was like an august release or something like that like a horror movie in august which felt really weird um i remember you telling me when you walked out of it that you enjoyed it and it's been on my on my radar and definitely yeah uh, unique um 
some some twists and some surprises in there. You don't quite know where it's going. Definitely skews a little bit dark comedy. Uh, feels very like a horror version of Knives Out almost in a way with some of the setting. You know, I, I think it's like uh, the family is like a board game empire or something like that. Uh, right, right. But the way it shot all in that house made me made me feel very Knives Out a little bit. But uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with what you said. Um, I actually probably went with Uncut Gems as my surprise because I I didn't really think it was going to be as good as it ended up being. But Ready or Not was the one I was debating back and forth on. So um, I'll just pile on everything that you said with Ready or Not. That definitely enjoyable surprise. I I have a hard time thinking that people would think it's a bad movie. I mean, maybe some of the things that happen aren't up everybody's alley, but if that's the case, why are you watching a horror movie? Um, but overall, I liked yeah. it. I can't say that it's for everybody, but I think that there's enough different about it that it's not the run-of-the-mill uh, horror movie. Yeah, my what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say there is like, if you're open to horror movies, so you're not going to be turned off by gore and all that kind of stuff, then I think you'll enjoy this movie. Otherwise, like, a, you know, why would you watch this if you weren't into horror movies? So I think anybody that likes those is, is probably going to walk away thinking that this is at least decent. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. Cool. Good, good flick. Go check it out. Yeah. Um, okay. So the last few things I have for us to cover this episode are performances. So we probably have covered some of the things so far in here, but do you have a best actor and best actress performance? Um, best actor, I, I, I mentioned Joaquin, okay. I think. Uh, as far as standout, he he did it. Um, you know, you could look at Christian Bale in Ford versus Ferrari, but I felt like I'd seen that Christian Bale before. Mm-hmm. Um, Joaquin, I thought, was in, in a world of his own yeah. this year. And I, if he doesn't win, then um, maybe Adam Sandler does. I haven't seen that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I can't talk to the movies I haven't seen, right. but from what I've seen, the, it's no contest. Okay. Yeah, I think with actor, I would be on board with Joaquin, too. I think he was really great. I thought Taron Edgerton and Rocket Man was great. I thought Adam Sandler was great. I really want to give Adam Driver the award for just everything he does. I, I've, I think the, the guy, Adam Driver award. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't <laughs> think he's obviously going to get a nomination. Well, sorry, I shouldn't say this. He's not going to get nominated for Rise of Skywalker. But I love him as Kylo Ren. Um, I watched The Report recently. I thought he was solid in that. I've seen Marriage Story, which I thought was a fine movie, but I thought he was incredible in it. Do I think any of those on their own have the weight to get him past a Joaquin Phoenix? I could see Marriage Story from the Academy standpoint, because that seems like the kind of movie they would like, and, and he is phenomenal in it. But for me, I'd have him as a just a close second to Joaquin um, in that. And like I said, I mean, you can't say enough about Joaquin in that performance. He was just ridiculous. So as much as I want to give it to my boy, Adam, I'd, I'd probably go with Joaquin. So you're giving Adam this year's Josh Brolin award <laughs> for being in so many movies and acting so well in them. Yes. Yeah. I mean, cause there's probably, I would guess there's maybe even an Adam driver movie that I'm missing out of what star Wars, the report and marriage story. There's, there's probably something else he was sneaking in that I just can't remember off the top of my head that he dropped in, in 2019. Yeah. yeah. I love the guy though. I, he's he's skyrocketed to the top of my list. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So what about uh, did you do actress? Yeah, I did. Um, I would actually go with Lupita Nyong'o because I thought she was fantastic in Us. Um, just really the the two different performances that she had to pull off. 
uh, was really dynamic. The, the voice was super creepy. Uh, I think I think if I remember right, I think you found it a little bit distracting. But I found it comical. Okay. Yes. But I actually thought that she was just phenomenal in that movie. And I don't think it's going to get the love that it should because of the fact that it's a horror movie. And I think the reception was just kind of mixed to us. But I would give that to her. I mean, that was the standout female role for me this year. Well, it's not her fault. It's the script's fault. But to have the, you know, exposition scene of her explaining sure. everything, you know, and, and th- like those are, are hard to do in, in a way that that's good. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to dump word vomit the whole entire plot of what's going on because I didn't <laughs> right. have a way to do it. And, you know, and so I was like, uh, you know, if you can kind of cut that scene out, yeah, things don't make as much sense, but it definitely ruined kind of the flow. But it's it's hard to watch somebody do that. Sure. You know, and so I, th- I thought she did well. Um, I gave I gave mine uh, to Charlize Theron in Bombshell. Yes, Bombshell was very well acted, is what I will say about that one. She she looked, sounded, and I felt acted like Megan Kelly. Mm-hmm. Like like she did not even look like Charlize to me, and that's and that's odd because it was makeup. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't effects. And I'm I'm like like they they look. I don't feel like they look that much alike, but like in life, but but she she like morphed into her. Now now that movie. Um, yeah, it was it was an okay movie, but I thought she did phenomenal in it. Yeah, I will agree with that. She was the standout of all three of those. I mean, I th- actually thought they all three were really good: Nicole Kidman, Margot Robbie, and Charlize. But yeah, Charlize was very, very Megan Kelly. Um, very good performance. One of those movies that you and I have said this in the past: the performances are better than the movie somehow. Yeah. Um, because yeah, the movie was just kind of very straightforward. I didn't really feel much one way or the other. It felt like it couldn't kind of commit to what it wanted to be like did it kind of want to be the big short or did it not um but that's that shouldn't take away from anything Charlize did so i i would not complain at all if if Charlize ended up uh getting any kind of nomination off that yeah and we didn't we didn't do a a bombshell no nope. i mean my, my my thing with that is uh it's based on true events but it's a fabricated story right and so i think it, t- it takes away from that like uh, Margot Robbie's character didn't even exist. They, they made her up. You know, they never, and Charlize never even spoke to Megan Kelly. And I feel like, you know, those two things alone are necessary. You know, is it is it a true story uh, about um, about this event? You know, I think it would be much more powerful than a adaptation about what happened. Right. And, and so it, I felt like that took away from the movie. Uh, but I thought she did phenomenal. I, I truly felt like she was natural just as, as her while, uh, Nicole Kidman, I felt was acting. Um, but I felt like Charlize was just very natural in her, in what she does. She just continues to impress and everything in the range that she has from action star to comedy to, to drama is just awesome. Yeah. I completely. I mean, she's in Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> yeah, you know she's all over I mean, the she's place. Just bombshell, and then you know Atomic Blonde, and like, like what? <laughs> right? <laughs> Where are you right now? Yeah, she's very versatile, and uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I hadn't added that one to my list, so I forgot about that. But yeah, she was she would be up there for me. Yeah. So, uh, I I don't know who else 
would would get it in that that category again i didn't think there were that many great performances at least that i saw and you know me i, I tend to see more of the, the blockbuster movies anyway so mm-hmm. there's a bunch of that that fly under under the radar of of quote oscar worthy movies um that i never see but um from what I've seen, those are my those are my two. I'm going to go ahead and give them the trophy now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps up our 2019 year in review. Um, Carson, where can they find you on Twitter? At Carson Graff, G-R-A-F-F. You can find me at at Two Views Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, at, at Two Views Movies, or you can email us at twoviewsmovies at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via Apple, Google, Spotify, basically everywhere you listen. We are there. If you're on Apple, be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcast. Help spread the word and show everyone that you're enjoying the show. I think we've got 1917 coming up as our next movie, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. See if I can remember it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. We will catch you next time. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both!